Hey there, welcome to Skincare School, your ultimate skincare study guide. My name is Amy Clark and I'm Adore Beauty's Senior Editor. And I'm Michelle Wong of Lab Muffin Beauty Science. This week on Skincare School. Basically, serums are any product that's not one of our three basics and generally they're a thin textured product that contains a high amount of active ingredients. Yes, some serums are expensive for a reason, but that doesn't mean that price is indicative of performance. I personally love my sleep. (laughs) If I'm missing out on sleep, then that's also going to affect my skin. I may as well get more sleep and less serum. Love how you've rationalized that with science. (laughs) I've convinced myself sleep is good, lazy is good. Today is an exciting day because we are talking about serums, which is probably this is where things start to get really exciting because now we've got the basics down. You have you know your skin type by now, hopefully. You have got your cleanser and your moisturizer and your sunscreen sorted, and now it's time to play with serums. But, Michelle, I want to know, like, when do you remember, like, serums being a thing? Like, when did you start first using serums? Because I feel like serums have just exploded probably probably in the last five years. Yeah, so I think I've always seen serums around. They were always anti-aging. It was always like if you're old, then you use a serum in your routine. If you're young, then you just use anti-acne products. But it's changed a lot over the last five years. I feel like everyone is into serums, even really young people. And I think they're just really exciting because they're the ones that have the high amounts of active ingredients that are meant to do lots of good things for your skin. If you are listening right now and you're like, what is a serum? Like it's not a silly question to ask what actually a serum is. So let's take it right back to basics and Michelle, give it to me like layman's term, like what actually is a serum or a serum? Sometimes it's pronounced (laughs) different ways. We'll go with serum. Yeah. So I think it is confusing because there are so many different words that different brands use to describe their serums. Sometimes you'll see them being called toners even. Ampules. Ampules, yeah. Essences. But basically serums are any product that's not one of our three basics. And generally they're a thin textured product that contains a high amount of active ingredients. And active ingredients are the ones that do something for your skin beyond cleansing, moisturizing, and sun protection. So in general, these products, you layer them on on your bare skin after you finish using a cleanser and before you put on a moisturizer or a sunscreen, depending on whether it's a day routine or a night routine. Most people tend to use more of their serums at night and you can use more than one serum. So things that serums can do are fade the appearance of wrinkles. They can fade the appearance of hyperpigmentation. They can help deal with redness. They can help deal with any breakouts you have. Lots of things like that. They can also be hydrating. There's hydrating serums. There's exfoliating serums. There's brightening serums. There's so many serums. And so I know it's a very overwhelming, you know, category of skincare. But I think the more probably confusing question is, you know, where do I start? There are so many serums out there. It's absolutely confusing and overwhelming. So to make it really easy, Michelle, if someone came to you and was like, okay, I've never used a serum and I want to introduce one into my routine, where would you tell them to start? I would probably recommend starting with a vitamin B3 serum. So vitamin B3, also known as niacinamide, is this really hot ingredient that I feel like everyone suddenly discovered in the last few years, but it's been around for a long time. 
So vitamin B, there are a whole bunch of different types. If you ever look on the back of your cereal, for example, you'll just see like lots of numbers. I think it goes up to like 15 or something. And vitamin B3 is usually the one that you hear about in skincare. It's found naturally in a whole bunch of different foods, but sometimes people are deficient in it. And when they are deficient, it tends to show up on their skin. So yeah, it's very much involved in skin. So you might be wondering, what does it do when you put it on your skin? And the answer is like a bit of everything. It can reduce the appearance of wrinkles. It can reduce the appearance of pigment, redness, and it can actually help restore your skin barrier. So one of the problems that a lot of people run into with serums is that they tend to be quite irritating in terms of their active ingredients. But niacinamide, on the other hand, it is actually really quite nice. It's not very irritating. Very few people are sensitive to it. And so it's just a nice, easy ingredient to ease yourself into the world of serums with. It's a multitasker. It's that person that just seems to be great at everything, essentially, in your skin routine, and it's for everyone. But I also know that there it can get confusing because niacinamide as if we're talking about B3, but then there's also B5. Now, is that the same thing? No. So B5 is one of the other vitamin Bs. It's also known as panthenol or panthenoic acid. You might know of it from the shampoo Pantene because it is actually like one of the star ingredients in Pantene. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, fun facts with Amy and Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) The stuff that must live in your brain, I can only imagine. Oh, I'm really good at trivia. (laughs) So B5, I personally think it's overrated and I think it's mostly just because I have oily skin. Panthenol is just a fantastic ingredient for moisturizing skin and it also has some anti-inflammatory benefits as well. So if you have drier skin, then B5 might really help super boost your moisturizing routine. But for all of those benefits that we were talking about before, like refining skin texture, helping to control sebum production, you know, just general glowy skin health, you want to look for the vitamin B3 or niacinamide in the ingredients list. So yeah, be really careful. If you see a vitamin B serum, check which vitamin Bs are actually in it. But yeah, niacinamide, I think helps with pretty much everyone. Vitamin B5, I think that one works best for people with dry skin who need that extra moisturizing benefit and they can actually see the results from that. If you have oily skin, I think vitamin B5 probably won't do that much. Well, that is, I think, like the quickest science lesson I've ever had. We've now got our vitamin B sorted. We know what serums are. So let's jump into the pop quiz because I think this is where it's going to be really useful to answer some of those tricky questions that people have around serums. I think this pop quiz is going to be really interesting and fun because we hear about serums all the time, but I want to know, you know, what's what's the truth and what are the myths? So my first question to you, Michelle, is why are some serums really expensive and other ones are really affordable? I think in reality, like the different prices, price does not necessarily correlate to quality, although sometimes it does. So yeah, a lot of the time it is mostly marketing. If a brand is going to promote a serum and their moisturizers are already a particular price, they are going to price the serums higher because the serums are going to do more and people are willing to pay more for it. On the other hand, if you have a really cheap serum, it's quite possible that they've skipped steps in making the serum. So sometimes serums, if you want the ingredients to be delivered into the skin effectively, what you really should do is formulate it really carefully. 
And then after you formulated it, you should test it a whole bunch. So you should test it for safety, which most people do, for preservative ability, so whether or not the preservatives stop the product from going off. You should test it on a bunch of different skin types to check for irritancy. And yeah, if you look at some of the really, really, really budget serums, they skip some of these steps. And you can actually see it reflected in the reviews as well. So some of them, you just see really polarized reviews. So some people will say it broke them out massively. They had these massive reactions and some people love it. And I think that's just a reflection of the fact they didn't test it on enough people before releasing it. Basically, what we're saying is, is that yes, some serums are expensive for a reason, but that doesn't mean that price is indicative of performance as like a blanket rule. You know, some affordable serums are really amazing and it's great to have those options for the people that don't have the budget to allow, say like a $200 serum, because that is mm. a lot of money. But price aside, like, how do you pick a good serum? You know, is there any tricks? Like, is there anything on the back of the bottle or anything like that that you can decode to find out if the serum is going to do what it says it will? That's a really good question again. I think the easiest thing for a consumer to do is have a look at the active ingredients and see if it contains ingredients that could potentially do what it claims to do. So if it's like an anti-aging serum, have a look at the active ingredients and see if they have an active that can actually have the benefits you want, if it's anti-wrinkle or anti-pigment or whatever. The other thing that I think is really important, which sounds really unscientific, but I think it is a good way of checking, is just reading lots of reviews. So having a look at what people are saying about it, having a look at whether people who love the serum have similar skin to you. So this goes back to why we were going on about skin types before. Because, yeah, I have a friend who has really dry skin and every sunscreen she likes, for example, is one that I don't love. Every sunscreen I love is one that on her skin doesn't work as well. And so, yeah, you just have to start looking at things like reviews, looking at who likes the product. If you can find an influencer you trust who has similar skin to you, then looking at their recommendations can help. Looking at just like bulk reviews on different websites, on retailer websites, on independent review websites like Makeup Alley. I think all of that really helps. The other thing you can do too, and this is just like a little bit of a, a trick when you're going shopping for a serum or, you know, if you turn around to the back of the box or the back of the bottle and have a look at the ingredients list, some lists are really short. Like you might find an ingredients list that's only got five or six things in it. And then other times the lists are literally an essay of words that I cannot pronounce and I'm not even going to try and pronounce them. But a little trick to do is, is if you're wondering if the serum is likely to give you the results that it promises, is have a look on the back of the label and see where the active ingredients that are advertised on the front of the bottle, where do they sit in that ingredients list on the back? Generally, you want them to be closer to the front of the ingredients list because usually ingredients lists are structured where they start with the ingredient that's most prevalent in the serum. So it's usually water or aqua. And then the last ingredient on the list, it might be the ingredient that's least prevalent in the formulation. So have a look and see if you can find the active ingredients that are actually going to change, make a change in your skin around the top five. Yeah. So there are a couple of active ingredients where you don't really need that much. But for most active ingredients, yeah, you're looking for around the top five. Another thing with the ingredients list is if you have a really long ingredients list, that means there's more ingredients in it. And if you have super sensitive skin, then you might want to avoid those products because there's just a bigger chance of something going wrong. So yeah, sensitive skin, look for short ingredients lists. And then another quick rapid fire question. 
Uh, how many serums is too many serums? Like, is there such a thing as just using too many serums in a skincare routine? I think it really depends on your skin and what you like in a skincare routine. So there are lots of people who follow like a Korean skincare routine, which has like 12 steps or something, maybe more. And so they like to layer on their products and it's a whole meditative self-care process. I personally love my sleep and <laughs> I am just like, I don't like want to think too much. So I personally use one or two. Sleep over serum. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm missing out on sleep, then that's also going to affect my skin. I may as well get more sleep and less serum. Love how you <laughs> um, rationalize that with science. I've convinced myself sleep is good. Lazy is good. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think there is such thing as too many serums, but I do think if you do want to build up to a routine with lots of serums, you should put them in one at a time and introduce them slowly. So you know what serum is actually doing the heavy lifting when it comes to improving your skin. So you don't waste a whole bunch of money and time using serums that aren't really working for you. And also it just lowers the chance of something going massively wrong. So giving yourself like a mild chemical burn, for example, which Ooh, could take months to ouch. get your skin back to normal. Yeah, there are so many people doing this at the moment with lots and lots of exfoliants. And then final question is, okay, so if I've got a few different serums in my routine, how do I know which one to put on first? So a good general rule of thumb is thinnest to thickest in terms of texture. So if it's thinner, then put it on first. When in doubt, just wait a few minutes before each layer and just put the one that's most important to you at the bottom as well. <laughs> Who's your favorite child? They get to go first. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the one that you definitely want to work the best. Just put it closer to your skin so that it has a better chance of getting in. Thank you for that, Michelle. That was that you I literally threw that many questions at you about <laughs> serums. Full marks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So let's get to talking about the best in class vitamin B serums. And I actually think, yeah, vitamin B serums are just like they're that unsung workhorse in a skincare routine because they can be used to treat so many different skin concerns. And the other great thing about a lot of B3 or niacinamide serums is that they contain a bunch of other really great ingredients like, say, your hyaluronic acid or even some light acids, that kind of thing. So often a good vitamin B serum it can be all you do. You know, if you only use a vitamin B3 serum in your routine, that's like a really great place to start. The first vitamin B serum we're going to talk about is the ASAP Super B Complex. Again, this is such a bestseller on the Adore Beauty website. And it's because it just, as we say, it does everything and almost anyone can use it and won't experience irritation. It's got a really thin gel-like consistency that's just very light. It absorbs onto the skin really light nicely. So this serum has the niacinamide, which we all, we just said everyone can benefit from. It's also got hyaluronic acid, which is a humectant moisturizer. It's a really powerful humectant that can grab onto lots of water and make your skin a bit more hydrated. So yeah, this can sort of do the job of a niacinamide serum as well as a hydrating serum. And on top of that, we also have alpha hydroxy acids, glycolic acid and lactic acid. And these are chemical exfoliants that can help lift up some dead skin cells and give you that glowy look and declog some pores. Basically, this serum is just an overachiever. It does it all. It's great for if you have inflammatory conditions like, say, um, acne or rosacea. It's hydrating. It calms irritation. It boosts collagen. But you can use this one morning and evening. And if you do 
use it in the morning, definitely wear a sunscreen over the top because it does have those exfoliating acids. And remember that using any kind of active ingredient can make your skin more susceptible to the sun. So always SPF. But if you're using it at night, you just use it on bare skin after cleansing and then pop any other serum or moisturizer over the top. Yeah. And I think this is one of those examples of a higher price serum where you do see a benefit to paying a higher price because you have multiple actors combined and they're combined in a way that isn't very irritating, which is important. If you just try to combine them yourself, then you might end up paying the same amount for multiple serums and you're also running the risk of irritation. And then the next best in class vitamin B serum is the Aspect Extreme B17. As the name suggests, this is like the next step up. This is vitamin B Extreme. It's a very high performance niacinamide serum. It kind of smells like a Barocca. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever tried this one, Michelle, but it smell, It has this kind of citrusy scent. Um, again, a really light texture that glides onto the skin. Um, but what you can do if you find that your serums aren't absorbing that great, you can always spray your face with a mist first or the budget option of that is literally putting some water into a spray bottle and spraying your face first because oftentimes serums apply better onto damp skin. This serum, it's just, it has everything in it. It's got the niacinamide that's going to do all those wonderful things for your skin. It's also got a lot of plant, botanical, sea plants, all these other kind of patented blended ingredients that will help with that glow that we often chase from a niacinamide serum. Um, Again, you can use it morning and night. This could be your hydrating serum too because it also has vitamin B5 in it. Just apply after cleanse skin and pop on your other products on top. But this is like the next level vitamin B serum. And finally, last but not least, I do want to mention one humble B5 serum. This serum is really great. It's the Medicaid Hydrate B5 Liquid Rehydration Serum. This one, again, it's a bestseller, but it's essentially a big cup of water for perpetually thirsty skin because the main ingredients are hyaluronic acid and B5 or panthenol, as you said. So it's really packing a punch with the hydrating ingredients. It's the kind of serum that someone who has dehydrated skin, once you start using this, you might actually be shocked by how different your skin looks because dehydration is probably it's one of those skin conditions that it can affect everything you know when your skin's hydrated it's glowy it feels plumper fine lines and wrinkles can look you know juicier and plumper so if you have very dehydrated skin or dry skin this is an excellent serum to add into your routine yeah i think moisturizing is really underrated when it comes to things like fine lines so if you think of like a sultana it's really wrinkly and it's literally just a grape minus some water. So if you get that water back into your skin, you can unsultana. Because one thing as well with niacinamide is like people are always trying to get the highest strength niacinamide mm, serum. Yeah. As we said in the studies, it's like it's effective between something like two to two and ten, two yeah. to ten percent. But then you see out yeah. there, there's these like twenty percent niacinamide serums. Yeah. And it's getting higher and higher. Yeah. <laughs> everything's getting higher and higher. And Michelle, is there any actual scientific evidence to suggest that putting a higher percentage? niacinamide serum is actually going to get you any better results or faster? So basically, no. Generally, with most ingredients, it improves as you have a higher concentration up to a certain point, and then it plateaus. So it just goes flat after that. And you have a high percentage, but you don't get more benefits. But sometimes you still 
keep on getting worse side effects. So it's like you're getting no more benefits, but you are messing up your skin more. You can sort of think of your active ingredients like spices in your food. Like if you really, really like, let's say, pepper, putting some pepper in your food is probably quite good, but at some point there's too much pepper. Oh, God. And then there are other things where like it's a lot harder to hit that high threshold. So I don't know, garlic, for example, you can probably, like if you're a garlic lover, you can, there's no such thing as too much garlic, but there is such a thing as like, I don't know, too much oregano, for example. Too much coriander. Very (laughs) polarizing one. Yeah. I, for one, can literally like one peppercorn get stuck in my throat and I need to call an ambulance. It's not good. (laughs) So speaking of ingredients where you can definitely have way too much, we are going to be talking about vitamin A next episode. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to Skincare School. If you're a bit of a teacher's pet, you'll find links to all the extra readings and products mentioned in this episode in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe in your podcast app and you'll get a notification the second our next episode drops. And while you're there, you might as well tell us what you think about our podcast. Leave us a review and a five-star rating. And don't forget to tell everyone in your life about Skincare School because at the end of the day, we are here to serve. See you next week.